Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Cassandra, who during her near-death experience felt like she was wrapped in a blanket of love. And today we're going to learn about it. Cassandra, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. If you don't mind, can we start on the day that it it happened or do you need a little backstory first? Okay, let's see if I need a backstory. Um, Well, yeah, let's do a little backstory. We can just backtrack um, on how it came about. So on November 11th, um, I was diagnosed with stage four esophageal cancer. Esophageal cancer is right here. It was in my lymph nodes um, and metastasized to my chest, um, which made it stage four. Um, I was really, really sick. They immediately put me on palliative care. Um, I had a meeting with the doctors, the team. They told me that I was not a candidate for radiation. I was inoperable and that their job was to prolong my life. And so it was chemo, the chemo that they recommended, they said it was only a 50% chance that it would even work if it did anything. But if it did do something, it would help prolong my life. Um, They did ask me if I wanted a prognosis. I said no, because I didn't want to know because I was already in the mind state of I'm going to manifest my health. So I did not want to know what their timetable was for me. Um, but later I found out it was about a year. Um, I, since I wasn't able to eat because the tumor was so large in my esophagus. So I was only drinking juice. Um, I was hallucinating a little bit. They wanted me to get a medical device in my esophagus so that I would be able to eat called a stent. Um, in December I had refused to get the stent, but it'd been about 40 plus days of me not eating and I was getting scared. So I agreed to get the stent. Um, So in December, I think it was December 18th um, or maybe even the 22nd, I had an appointment to get a surgery to put in the stent. Um, It was supposed to be routine, easy peasy. It wasn't, I did not react well to the surgery at all. And, um, I needed to stay in the hospital. I think I was there about a week afterwards and I was supposed to be out within 24 hours. So sometime within that hospital stay, I got just really, really sick. I remember just kind of giving up and being like, okay, if I'm going to go, I've got to go. Like I, this is really hard. Um, And that is sometime within that, that was one of the last things I remember. But after that, I had the experience. And 
the experience was I just, all I know is I kind of woke up in a different realm and I felt like I was in a cocoon or a womb and it felt like I was wrapped in blankets of love. It felt so amazing. It felt better than anything that I've ever felt in my life. I've never felt love like that um, in my life. I was in such a low vibrational place when it happened and so sick that it was amazing. Um, and, you know, I was enjoying it. And then I, I did notice that there was a being by me. I don't remember, like, there was no body or anything. It was just like a light beam. I wasn't in a body. I was a light being. And I'm telepathically communicating with this being. Um, it became apparent that I was, I felt I was dead. And I remember being like kind of shocked, like, oh my gosh, no, um, you know, and I remember going right into like fight or flight mode and kind of getting aggressive, like even with the being like, no, I got to come back, please. No, no. And, and there's a fight, you know, like, no, it's time to come home. And I'm begging. And my, all I could think about was my mom and my daughter. My mom wasn't doing well because of the stress of the cancer and just all of her fear and anxiety and, and lack of faith because um, she's an atheist. Um, and my daughter is, was 15 at the time. Um, I was raising her alone as a single mom because her dad, um, had left. And I just remember being like, I need to, they need me. I can't leave. They need me. I, I don't want my daughter being an orphan. That's what I was thinking in my head because she had cried to me about a month earlier and said, mom, I'm going to be an orphan. And it really motivated me. I mean, of course, I didn't tell her she was. I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to make it. And, but that's what was my drive, like, to live was because I was so, I just wanted my love for my daughter and my mom. It was pure love that, that made me want to stay because it did feel good there. <laughs> and the being didn't say much. I remember pleading, like, I was, I'm a salesperson. So in my head, this is a feeling realm. You don't. Um, things aren't as they are on earth. You feel everything. So my feelings of it was that I'm closing a deal or I'm selling a product, but I was really selling myself to stay. And so I'm trying everything. It felt like days of pleading because time also doesn't exist there. It couldn't have, I don't even know how long of earth time it was because in the hospitals, they come in every couple minutes to check your vitals. But it felt like I was there for days pleading. And finally, the being said, okay, you can stay. And in my head, the, like, again, the feelings, I remember like jumping up and down in my head, like celebrating, like, woo, I did it. I did it. And as I'm in like the midst of my celebration in my mind, that felt realer than any other celebration I've ever had, the being said, but, and I remember being kind of upset about that, like, what? what do you mean, but like, there's no buts here. Like what, is, you know, but what I just sold this deal. <laughs> and, um, the being said, but it's going to be hard. And I remember in that Pacific time, I'm like, yeah, hard. Like what's harder than dying of stage four cancer. There's nothing harder than that. Like, I do not care. I am coming back. Like there's no way 
that it could be harder than that. And um, I didn't even think twice about it. And then I'm back um, in the hospital. I Since I hadn't eaten for 45 days, I assumed that I was hallucinating. And until I went to the doc, well, I actually had a, right after that, I was able to eat again. And I thought that the only reason that I could eat was because they had placed that medical device, the stent. So I didn't really think too much of it. And two weeks later, the stent fell into my stomach and it gave me a fever. I had to go to the doctor. They did some x-rays. They found out that the stent had fell into my stomach. Two weeks after that, because it's COVID, mind you, so everything takes forever to get into the hospitals. Um, they removed the stent um, via an, an endoscopy. And so they went down with an endoscopy. And I remember just knowing in my head, I'm like, this tumor is gone. I can feel it in my soul. And when I got out of there, I asked the doctor, I said, was it gone? He said, oh, it's about 75% gone. And I was like, okay, well, I'll take that. But then the next day I got the records and the records said that it was a hundred percent gone and there was photos of it. And they said that there was mild ulceration in the location of the previously seen mass. And then I knew in my heart that this was an after effect from the ND and I was healed by God. <laughs> Amazing. Cassandra, thank you for sharing your experience with us. So you went to bed one night and then in the middle of the night, you had your NDE, right? I think so. I was so out of it at that time in the hospital. There really wasn't like going to bed. It was like you get like, you know, 20 minutes of sleep here, 20 minutes of sleep there. They were constantly in there checking your vitals. So I don't know. Do you feel that the NDE experience was completely different than a dream? Oh, yeah. For sure. I've never felt anything like that in my life, still to this day. And there was a bunch of spiritual experiences that followed the NDE that were pretty spectacular. Like what? Well, a couple weeks later, after they had removed the, or after I found out that the tumor had disappeared, the doctor still told me, even though the tumor's gone, I was still stage four, according to the doctors, because they said there was still cancer in my lymph nodes and my chest lymph nodes. So even though the tumor was gone, I was still stage four. They did say, oh, well, guess what? You're a candidate for radiation now. Um, I really didn't want to get radiation. So I, you know, I was just thinking like, what am I going to do here? There was just a lot of, you know, different things. Um, for three nights in a row, I woke up out of my sleep, just shot right up and did said different things. Like one of the nights I said, people are going to learn about this Reiki to, today. I have my magic shield. I don't remember saying this. This is what a friend told me that was in bed. There was another night that I woke up and said something else that I can't remember. Then on the third night, I woke up, I had a friend in the bed and I started dancing at the end of the bed. And mind you, I'm still really sick at this point and probably, I think I was still bedridden and I'm dancing. It's 3.30 in the morning and my friend's like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I think I have the Holy Ghost. Hmm. And um, my friend said, and I, and she said, well, I said, but I don't know what the Holy Ghost is. That's what I told her. Cause I don't, I was raised with the atheist mom. I, I really didn't. And she said, why don't you Google it? 
So I Googled it and it said that the Holy Ghost is the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. I knew that that's what I had. I had more energy for about, I don't know, I think it was three weeks that I had the Holy Ghost very intensely where I could feel it in like my mind, body, and soul. And, you know, I just saw clarity. It was like a Kundalini awakening, like more energy. I was only probably getting two hours of sleep a night. I was like reading books within 24 hours, like whole books. I was just taking in so much energy and it was like mind blown. And it was definitely, you know, one of the after effects of the NDE. I mean, I'm a completely different person. I was a pretty bad alcoholic before this NDE. And I would never drink again, um, you know, smoke, cigarettes, you know, anything that I used to do. I'm just, you know, completely different and have no desire to do any of that. The things that I used to be into, I'm not into those things either anymore. Now, you said your mother is atheist. Were you an atheist before this? No, I was not an atheist. I always believed in God. I have had a lot of like different, you know, many spiritual experiences um, before this. Um, but, and my dad is, is a devout Catholic. So, I mean, it's not like I was raised only in that, you know, type of situation. And my mom, you know, is only an atheist because, you know, obvious she's had a hard life and, um, organized religion scared her. And I don't believe in organized religion. I believe in like love as a religion, but that's hard to explain to somebody, you know, and, uh, see like a miracle transpire but not want to believe it because of you know your lack of faith and things like that so the being you saw on the other side it just looked like a an energy being perhaps like a translucent yeah being. yeah it was more just like a ball of light like yeah. i don't remember like definitely didn't see like a person or you know have any kind of experience like that were you in an environment like a cloud or just like in light it just, like I said, it felt like I was in a womb, hmm. like I was in some kind of like capsule. And then the bean was like on the side of me. After your experience, have you noticed that you have any mental abilities that you didn't have prior? I mean, I would say that I'm definitely intuitive. Um, there's a lot of things that I just know are going to happen. I get downloads all the time too. Um, that have happened, you know, since the experience, I another spiritual experience that I had is right after I was able to eat again, I started eating meat, because I didn't know any better. And that's all I've ever eaten. And I started throwing up, I felt sicker than I've ever been. And I was scared, like, Oh, my God, I'm sick again. And um, I had got like a flash where I felt all the animals pain in the world. And I heard like a voice telling me do not eat my souls and my animals and I've never eaten an animal since then and I'm completely like plant-based vegan hmm, interesting and I was like only ate keto and meat before <laughs> at this point in your life do you fear death at all no I have zero fear of death like I think like if somebody came in like with a machine gun I could stand right in front of it and I would not be scared at all did you ever speak to the doctors about your NDE and if so what did they say <laughs> they weren't supportive and they asked me to talk to a um psychologist or and they told me that I was probably bipolar. Wow. 
And then they wanted to put me on bipolar medicine, pharmaceuticals. That is when I left the, the, medi- the Western medical field and I never went back and um, I self-healed the rest of the way. I'm assuming they just think, oh, the chemo worked. Well, the thing about it is, is the chemo was never supposed to work. They said that it was impossible for it to work. And if it did anything, it was going to prolong my life. And I only did chemo for three and a half months. What about your friends and family? What do they think about your experience? I have a lot of amazing friends that are really supportive. And I kind of, this experience helped me find out who my real friends are. I found out there's, I had a lot of, well, I had a lot of alcoholic friends because I was an alcoholic. So of course you're going to have a lot of alcoholic or even if you're not an alcoholic, just really unhealthy people that like to hang out with alcoholics to make themselves feel better, maybe type of people. So yeah, I had some, some tough experiences in this world where I found out like, you know, it was really hard for me because I thought people would be happy for me and happy that I don't have cancer anymore, but people just turned their back on me and called me crazy. Now the being told you it was going to be hard. Has it been hard since you've been back? Yeah. And I think that that's, what's been hard is, um, you know, I lost so many people who I thought were my friends and family has turned their back on me. All right. Not all of my family. I have some supportive family and I have very supportive friends and I've made new friends and I have a group of women that all have stage four cancer that I'm helping to manifest health. And so that's rewarding. What do you think inspires you about your NDE? I mean, it's really inspiring for me. It shows we are such, we are so powerful. Like uh, us as humans don't know how powerful we are. We are made to heal ourselves. Our brain can do amazing things. When we get on the right frequency to heal, which is love, if you have unconditional love, you are going to heal yourself. Like I just want to inspire people to show people how powerful and infinite we are and remind them, not show them, remind them because everybody, the true authentic soul self knows this. And that's why I think my ND was so profound is because it brought me back to who I've always been. And I was always trying to be somebody else, like my real authentic self. It's interesting that you say that and you have this history of alcoholism. Can you elaborate on maybe what brought you to alcoholism? And was that keeping you from your authentic self? Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I mean, my whole, I come from a family of alcoholics, um, mom, dad, big Irish Catholic family, everybody's drunk. Um, and it's just part of the culture. I would have never called anybody in my family alcoholics until after this event. I didn't even really think that that word existed. I just thought that's what people were. And that's what I was. I didn't think there was anything, you know, wrong with with me. Um, but I started drinking to cover up traumas, um, childhood traumas, just, you know, not feeling comfortable in my own skin. And it just progressed. Um, you know, I dated alcoholic men. Um, but I mean, that you are going to attract what you're like. And so I'm not surprised about that. But definitely, you know, like most people, I've had um, quite a few traumas that brought me to alcoholism. Besides whatever you already mentioned, in what other ways have you changed after your NDE? I love rainbows. I'm like really attracted to them. I feel like they are a um, gateway to 
another realm or the gods. And I love crystals. Um, I juice every day. I eat alkaline foods. Um, there's not really much about me now that's the same <laughs> as um, I was before. Um, I don't care about material possessions. Um, I don't, I just really care about people. I really care about animals. Um, I always loved animals, but it's just increased so much, especially mm. since I no longer consume them. When you were over there, from what you can remember, did it feel like it's more real than where we're at now? Or yes. like this is the dream? Yes. And it felt, oh yeah, for sure. Like this is the dream. This is not real. Like none of it. That's why I have such a hard time. Like even at work now, like I used to be like number one salesperson. I have a hard time even being a salesperson nowadays because I just know that none of this really matters. Like that's like all ego, like just trying to be good at something. And, you know, I care about so much more than that now. Um, but it felt so real there. And um, that experience was the realest experience that I have had. And the love that you feel there, like I've definitely never felt anything on this earth that compares to that amount of love. Is that confusing at all now if you want to find a partner and you can't expect the love from your partner from what you had over there? No, because I can't, like when I go into meditation now, that's another thing is I never meditated a day in my life. Like I meditate every day. I really take care of myself. I really love myself now where I did not love myself um, at all before. Um, I go to that place. That's where I go in my meditations is love. And when I'm upset about something, I go to that place because we can go there in our mind anytime. Just like we can heal with our mind, it's just so important that we do the right things with our mind because, you know, we make our own reality here on Earth. What tips do you have for people who haven't had an NDE but want to raise their vibration and increase love in their life? I would first cut out almost everything that we watch on TV, especially the news. Um, I know I did. When I was healing, I only watched comedies. I only watch stuff that would bring me joy and laughter. And I laughed a lot. I cried a lot. Um, I would, I would work, have people work on releasing traumas, eating high vibrational alkaline foods, foods with a lot of color, juicing, all of those things are going to really raise your vibration. Um, and then, you know, meditation definitely raises your vibration, but and making sure you're around the right people. If you're hanging out with a bunch of like low vibrational negative people, it's going to be hard and not being people's doormat um, and staying away from energy vampires who are going to suck off of your energy. Mm, interesting. How do you recognize those people? I don't know. I kind of just repel them now. I don't really think about them. But before I was just such the person that was always like, let me help this person. Let me do this. I, I always took care of everybody else before myself. And now I take care of myself first because I know that everything starts with me and I, and, and everything starts with, with them. Um, if you don't fix yourself, you're not going to fix what's around you. What type of meditation do you practice? I do guided meditations or I can just, you know, go in and um, just do breathing exercises and get there. I do do yoga as well. Do you have I try I mean, I, I, sp I have a whole routine that I do every morning to 
stay on a good vibration. <laughs> do you listen to guided meditations on YouTube? And if so, do, I do. You, do you have a couple favorites? I really like Nikki Sutton and I would recommend her to anybody like she and I've recommended her to so many friends and she's helped so many people. She people really go there because you can fly, you can do anything in meditation. Do you think that you've had any more out of body experiences during meditation? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I like that. Like, I'm not going to lie. When you go to heaven or wherever we want to call it. I definitely regret making the decision to come here, to come back sometimes. Mm. Um, even though I was so uh, strong in my conviction to want to stay, you know, it's so amazing there. And I'm like, what was I thinking? This is hard, right? But I know that I have a life purpose and that I'm here for a reason. What is that? And reason? that's another thing that comes with the NDE experience is you kind of find out your life purpose. I knew immediately. Mm -hmm. I knew I was here to help people manifest health and to really show people how strong we all are or how powerful we all are. That's great. If we listen to Nikki Sutton's guided meditations, do you think those are ones that can help us have an OBE? Yeah, I, d I do. I do. And she has sleep meditations too. So yeah, I definitely do. Do you have anything that you want to share, like a book or a website or, or anything else? So when I was sick, one of the movies that are, it's a documentary and it's on Prime and it's called Heal, H-E-A-L. I watched it probably 80 to 90 times and I just used every technique in there. They had a bunch of authors speaking. I um, bought all of their books. One of the books is called Radical Remission. It's about 1,500 people that have all radically remitted um, their cancer and the, the similarities that they have from being studied. And it's really fascinating. And it really shows the, po the power of our mind. Um, what other authors? I mean, I have so many. I've read so many books and found so much helpful information. The Winhoff method is great too. If you've heard about him, he's pretty spectacular. That's the breathing method. Yes. Breathing and, and, and being able to tolerate cold for a long time. And he was even able, he was like injected with E. coli and was able to eradicate the E. coli virus with his mind and was monitored by doctors over in Europe. And it was mm. like all filmed. I watched that. It's pretty spectacular. Wow. I just <laughs> knew of the breath work. I didn't know of this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it was decided during your NDE because you were coming back that your cancer would go in remission. Oh yeah, for sure. And I knew that like, it was just a knowing, even when the doctor said you still have stage four, I just knew I won't, I even told her, I, um, I even told her, I said, I'm at, she said, I said, I'm going to eradicate this cancer. And she said, well, people don't typically do that. And I said, well, does anybody done that? She's like, I've seen it a couple times. And I was like, well, I'm going to do it. Watch. And she was just like, well, I want it, you know, you to be realistic and um you know this is you know here's you know x y and z option i think it was chemo radiation this and that and um i just told her i said i'm gonna do it it was just a knowing like i knew i knew that if god had healed the tumor why would he not finish the job and i think i even told people that like why would he not finish the job 
So I just knew it was more of a knowing, I, but I definitely know. I think what I was trying to ask is the fact that you came back, that maybe the being that you were there with had already decided, or he may have not necessarily healed you during the experience, but that being decided for you that you were going to go into remission or be healed. I mean, honestly, with what I know now about the universe, I think it was decided before I even had the ND that I just had to go through the trials and tribulations Mm. of the experience. I wasn't supposed to just it be gone like that. That would be too easy. I had to have faith, you know, and go through all of these things and, and just have faith in the face of suffering and know and go through these experiences. And so to believe, but. I'm pretty sure it was written in the stars way before that. And I'm pretty sure that it was because I know that I have like this life mission now. And so I'm obviously meant to be here. Do you believe in reincarnation? Yes. Do you think it's possible that you planned out this whole lifetime of all these events you went through? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm sure all of this was planned for all of it. And I just wish I would have been awake for most of it. I was like, so not present in my life um, for the first 40 years of my life. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chit chat. Are you open to that? Yes, for sure. All right. How should they reach you? Um, I have an Instagram where I'm sharing like short stories and communicating with people going through either terminal illness or just any kind of illness. And it's called Keeping It Heal um, 777 right. on Instagram. I'll try to put the link to that in the description. Thank you. Before we finish up, do you have one last positive message? Well, the message that I just remember when I came back from my ND was that love is really the answer and forgiveness and just the love that I felt afterwards and wanted to share with the world was so immense and so beautiful. And just everything looked beautiful. The dew looked beautiful. Like I just saw the world in a whole nother light. And it was, a, it was love. And so just if people know that, you know, next time they get frustrated or angry at anything, if they could just look at it from like a love angle, it will help. And it's helped me a lot too. Cassandra, thank you for that message. And thank you again for being my guest. I really appreciate you. And I wish you success in whatever you're doing. Thank you. You have a good one. You too. Good night. Good night. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.